0: Hawks survive a late scare from the 76ers and close out a wire to wire win in Philadelphia 127 to 121. Welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks podcast. I am your host, Tim Ogles. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey Kabrinsky, where we talk everything Hawks. Let's go. All right, Mikey, a wire to wire win for the Atlanta Hawks with a little scare in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, for this game, man, it was it was good to see the Hawks playing uh, really good for those first three quarters, and you know, it just kind of fell off in the fourth. But there there were a lot of encouraging things in this game. The Hawks shot the ball really well. Um, Aniyeka Kongwu has still been, you know, proving night and night that he wants that starting center job. And, you know, it's it's very refreshing to see um, him step up with Clan out.
1: Yeah, there was a, kind of the battle of the injured squads here. Um, and the 76ers definitely had uh, a little bit more more significant injuries. Obviously, Joel beat out with that meniscus uh, procedure. Tyrese Maxey was out tonight as well. Uh, for the Hawks, Clint Capella still missing with that adductor strain. And DeJounte Murray missed his second consecutive game uh, with some lower back tightness. But as we get into some of the numbers here, I mean, you said it, Tim, the the Hawks shot the ball really well. 51 from the field, 44 from deep, and 81 from the line. And it it could have been close to 90% from the line, uh, but the Hawks definitely did miss a couple of free throws down the stretch here to keep the game interesting. Uh, We saw double-doubles from Trey Young with points and assists, and then Jalen Johnson and Sadiq Bey added to that with some with points and rebounds. And this is a common theme now. And a lot of the Hawks wins, we're seeing a, a lot of guys get double doubles. And that's something that is really good to see when you have a lot of guys impacting the game in so many different areas. It's strangely the, the fast break points. Well, well, I guess it's not that strange because uh, without Embiid, it, uh, this team needs to play fast to score. And the Sixers won the fast break points 17 to four. Uh, that really helped them stay in the game, really, especially in the fourth quarter. But uh, one of our keys to the game uh, last episode was the Hawks going to the rim. And they started doing that. But as the game went on, they figured out that they were shooting flames from deep. And they really never stopped throughout the entire game. Uh, at one point, they were, I think it was 14 of 26 from deep at one point in this game. So when you when you have the rim available to and shooting well from deep, good things are going to happen. And that's uh, what the Hawks defense, uh, Hawks offense did in this one.
0: Yeah, and uh, also defensively, I thought the Hawks, you know, played decent. Um, They still allow Philly's guards to get to the rim a little bit um, more than you would like. But, you know, for the overall defense, I, I thought it was okay. But that first key that you brought up that we had against Philly was getting to the rim. And to start off this game, the Hawks go on a 6-0 run by getting to the rim um, without Joel Embiid. Um, that kind of felt like it was setting up the game for the Hawks, where it was, you know, making it. Um, it, it was making it where the kickouts were just going to be so much easier. And, and when the Hawks started, you know, moving the ball a little bit more in this game, it really prevailed.
1: Yeah, first six points for the Hawks in the paint, uh, but then the 76ers respond right back with a 7-2 run. Uh, Buddy Heald got going early, and it, a bit of, bit of alarming stuff there early in the game when he kind of, you know, known as a three-point shooter, he was dribbling around bogey really anytime he wanted to. Uh, that that definitely wasn't a uh, sight, if you're a Hawks fan, that you wanted to see. Uh, but at this point, it was 11-9 Hawks, and Trey and Jalen, get the three-point barrage started with back-to-back threes. To start off the three-point barrage for Atlanta.
0: Yeah, and then right after that, you get a Jalen Johnson to a Nyeka Okongwu alley-oop. And it was a monster game. And, you know, me and you talked about it in our last pod we did for the trade deadline the connection between Jalen Johnson and Nyeka Kongwu and the importance of it with him being in the starting lineup and maximizing their minutes together, just like the Hawks maximize Trey Young's minutes with Jalen Johnson's minutes. um, Having them two on the floor together is going to be, um, well, let me say it this way. It needs to be a focal point for this team definitely for um the forward play with the centers
1: yeah and the hawks have really incorporated in the past few years a lot of these short roll type of lobs from from power forward the centers i mean you even saw it uh many times with john collins to Clint capella uh when jc was still here but uh but now Jalen, Jalen's kind of just a better decision maker, and Akamu. The threat of him taking a mid-ranger or taking a three, which he's had a lot of success with recently, the threat of that just makes those lobs and the, the kind of just the short rolls over the defense. It's so it makes it so much more effective. And Jalen's been making really good decisions as far as you know going to the rim and, and trying to dunk over someone or, or or making that decision whether that's a pass to Akamu a dish. A dish over to him, a lob, or that skip pass to the corner for an open three, maybe finding a Sadiq Bay uh, or Bogey, and sometimes on Yeka as well. So those type of those type of plays are really encouraging just for the future of the front court for the Hawks.
0: Yeah, and then right after that, Trey, Trey ends up with a circus AM one where Ubre, where he 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 passes Ubre and he does his signature pull up uh with Ubery closing out from behind, gets the AM one. And, you know, Trey Trey is a master at that play. And I I think that, you know, teams have been over the last couple of years trying to avoid, uh, you know, letting Trey get around them. And that's one of the hardest things to do because of Trey's quickness. But once he gets you in that side pocket, you're just in trouble because he's going to find a way to get to the line.
1: Yeah, he's gonna either get downhill for a layup, he's gonna throw a lob, or in this case right here, he's gonna stop on a dime. The defender push, the defender bumps him from behind, and then it's an easy two free throws. And in this possession, he somehow hit it when he launched it with one hand off the backboard. So uh, that that's that was a classic Trey play right there. But the ball security from the Hawks in this first quarter was really good. Uh, their only turnover uh, for the game so far was on the last possession of the opening frame when Trey Young mishandled it uh with, with the shock with the game clock winding down. But really that was the only blemish in a great first quarter on both ends for the Hawks. 37 to 21 to 26 lead after the first quarter. Jalen Johnson showing off the full impact in a ton of areas. Five points, five assists, five assists also added no five rebounds also added a steal there. And Onyeka was the leading scorer with 10 and that's, there's that, that front court connection again, showing
0: up. Yeah. Um I, I tweeted out as soon as the first quarter o- was over that Jalen Johnson was officially on triple double watch Um because the way he was impacting the game, not only by his shot making and, you know, the rebounds and the assist part, uh, I thought, you know, he definitely had a good shot at, at getting a triple
1: double. And, as we move on to the second quarter here, we start off with a Trey catch and shoot three off a of Bruno cross screen, and that was a, it was a beautiful set play ran uh, ran by Quinn Snyder and the team executed really well. Uh, Trey kind uh, of sho- shovels the ball off, I think it was to Bogey. He sits in lane for a little bit, and then uh, Bruno quickly comes over, sets a cross screen for him, and Trey runs uh, to the right side of the three point line and gets a wide open look from a great Bruno screen. Uh, on on the right wing for a three and seeing Trey have so many catch and shoot three opportunities this season is something that uh, Quinn Snyder has to be uh, credited with and also Trey for for his willingness to to work a lot off ball and he we've seen Trey doing a ton of stuff off ball this year whether that's getting the ball um, coming off a curl screen and getting downhill doesn't always have to be catch and shoot threes all those little things too I think he's done a great job of that this season
0: Yeah. And, you know, the Hawks were already plus 10 in points in the paint at this point in the game. They were up 24 to 14. The Hawks had a 47 to 32 lead, but Paul Reed was keeping the Sixers in this game with 10 points and 10 rebounds early into the second.
1: Yeah. And early in the game, he really wasn't a factor in the beginning of the first quarter, but. I think Bruno had a little bit of trouble, uh, just ca- kind of keeping him off the glass. That's when he got most of his points uh, for offensive rebounds. But Bruno in this game, I thought he had a, a couple stretches. You know, he his he's in that game to to give the Hawks energy, uh, give a lot of momentum plays, and and I thought he did that.
0: Yeah, um, Paul Reed had three three and ones in the first half. That is mm-hmm. a sign. Uh, the uh, of not good things
1: yeah it was it was, it, it was tough it seemed like for the Hawks to box him out especially in the beginning of the second quarter but really he didn't do a lot in the in the second half after he had that 10 and 10 i mean he finished the game with 12 points and 13 rebounds so the Hawks were able to neutralize his impact uh after that after that first half but uh, after the, after Paul Reed kind of did his thing, there was a slow offensive stretch in the middle of the quarter for both teams. It was kind of a weird decision making. Uh, Trey was a little bit sloppy with his handle, and um, well, he he was at, at first in this uh, after the first quarter. But when he took his rest and came back in in, in the second, he kind of came in and stabilized a little bit of uh, the Hawks' offense. It really struggled and and missed Dejounte Murray uh, really really badly. Honestly, when Trent Force was in the game it didn't really look like the Hawks' offense was flowing.
0: Yeah, and the Hawks were uh, 7 of 13 from 3, which is phenomenal. Uh, it was 55-42 Hawks, but Mo Bamba ends up getting two blocks on one possession. Um, I noticed in this game that Jalen Johnson, for some strange reason, wanted to drive at Mo Bamba, and it, it just... I mean, we, we, me personally, like, I, I love Jalen driving to the rim, but against a guy like Mobamba, I'd rather see him try to dunk it. And, you know, the ones he got blocked were, they ended up being kind of like floaters or, or layups that, you know, just really didn't get enough force to the rim to, you know, force Bamba to foul or, um. You know, get the bucket. It it seemed like.
1: And I think for Bamba, I think he's always been a guy that that's been labeled as a, as a good shot blocker, and and he is. But as as a one on one, just like post defender, team help defender, he's not really that great. So uh, that that's one that's one criticism of Bamba that I've had throughout his career. Um, that's probably the reason why he doesn't. He just hasn't found a role that sticks with him. Uh, but later in the second, we saw Quinn Snyder draw up the. Uh, the official Akinjo Akangwu play at this point, we'll call it uh, for a corner three. But this time, it was not Bogey screening for him. It was Trey Young in the corner. Akangwu uh, splashed in the three, giving the Hawks a sixty-two to forty-seven lead. And at this point, Akangwu was just dominating Mo Bamba down low. He was able he was able to get get a lot of rebounds over him. And most Mo's one of those guys that he's seven foot. But Dominique Wilkins said on the broadcast, he's not going to really jump up to get a rebound. Bogey grabbed one uh, uh, a rebound over Mo in, in this game as well. So Akangwu taking advantage of a better of of his uh, abilities uh, against Bamba there.
0: Yeah, and Trey uh, hits a corner three to close out the half, making it seventy three fifty six Hawks. Um, going into halftime, Trey had eighteen and eight, and then Yaka Akangwu had seventeen and five. Those stat lines for both of those guys are phenomenal. Uh, I felt like both of them played a really good first half.
1: Yeah, for sure. As so we move on to the second uh, weird, weird kind of sequence here to begin the second half, Bogey gets headbutted <laughs> by Kelly Ubre on a drive. There's no foul, no foul clock. It was pretty clearly should have been an offensive foul, in my opinion. But he's down for for about two plays. The Hawks go on offense, tracer to three, misses it. And then the 76ers come back on the other end, and Bogey is still still kind of hurting, hurting a little bit, but he gets back into play. He gets a revenge block on Kelly Oubre, and then comes down after that and hits a three. So Bogey and Swad. <laughs> and then uh, he, with that three, the Hawks end up taking the biggest lead at the game at that time, 81-61, to 61, with, with them stretching it out to 20.
0: Yeah, um, and then the Hawks started turning over the ball. Um... Eight in the last sixteen minutes, um, going into the first half. Um, Sadiq Bey in this game, I, I want to make sure that he gets his proper credit. Sadiq Bey did a phenomenal job down low in the post, posting up guys, making guys like Tobias Harris, um, making B ball Paul, Paul Reed, guard him in the post, and neither one of them on his post moves, could guard him, and he got to the free throw line every time. And the Hawks have not been able to find that power forward threat that can get to the free throw line constantly since Danilo Gallinari. And it's been refreshing to see, to be honest with you, because ultimately the only players on this team that are shooting free throws are Trey Young. And to be honest with you, DeJounte Murray doesn't shoot many free throws. Um, he doesn't get to the line very often, so you know it, it's it's definitely refreshing to see.
1: Yeah, another eight free throws for Sadiq in this game ended up making all eight of them. At that point, the Hawks were up eighty-five to sixty-eight, and we're shooting fourteen of twenty-six from three. Like I said at the top of the show, uh, they still had that twenty-point lead, but at the end of the third quarter, Tobias Harris he he was slow slow getting kind of into a rhythm in this game when, when I thought he would be really aggressive uh, to come out of the gates because he was pretty much the only scorer on the floor for the Sixers. But he only took 16 shots, which is uh, kind of weird weird for me. But, yeah, he he kind of got cooking there, but the Hawks continued to kind of stay let the Sixers stay in their rearview mirror by getting hot from the three-point line.
0: Yeah, and then right after that, Jalen Johnson, Trey Young finds Jalen Johnson and pushes the ball up quickly. Both wings have both corners covered, so the guys um, decided not to to crash inside. Mobamba's up under the rim and makes a business decision, and Jalen Johnson throws it down for a nasty dunk. Um, that's the kind of plays we love to see from Jalen Johnson out in transition, pushing the ball. Um he has another one in this game we'll get to, but you know, it's one of those things, man. If if he can find a lane, I, I want him to rim rock any anytime he can.
1: Yeah, that's when he's most effective uh in, in transition for sure. And the Hawks ended up taking a 17 point lead into the fourth quarter at 10386. At this point, the Hawks were shooting 57 from the floor, 52 from the from from the three three-point line, and 93 from the line. So 50-50-90 for the Hawks. And well, we said it at the top of the show, they led the entire game. So it looked like the Hawks could be able to cruise uh, to victory in this one, but unfortunately that was not the case.
0: And and something we haven't talked about very much um, in this you know, pod so far is DeAndre Hunter coming off the bench. I felt like DeAndre Hunter had another phenomenal game off the bench um you know to start off the fourth he has a drive where he's driving up under the rim he beats somebody baseline uh three guys crash to him and he finds Bruno Fernando cutting to the rim for the for the easy dish layup and that's not something we we have seen from DeAndre Hunter in the past um normally DeAndre's going up with that shot uh or and to be honest with you, DeAndre's going up and getting it blocked at the rim. And to be honest with you, that's normally what happens. To see him dish it off right there um, was something that I was not expecting to see. But man, that is more welcoming than uh, than before, for sure.
1: Yeah. And, and our, our friend and at the ATL and 29 podcast, len Willis, he, he also commented on that play. He was talking about how, Hunter's added so much to us to his game offensively this season and and just that faster processing that that pass to Bruno was just the the epitome of what he's done uh to really advance his game in that area. So that, I thought that was that was really encouraging from that it it took it was just a uh, a quick decision and that's just not something we see from Hunter before. But uh then the Tobias Harris That Garrison Matthews on a three, kind of cushioning the Hawks' lead a little bit,
0: bit, 108-92. What do you think about Philly challenging that? It it made no sense because because Tobias goes straight into his body. Garrison, as as me and you have talked about, I swear Garrison Matthews' shots look like they're the worst shots ever because he likes to shoot on the move. But – I mean, it was clear. Like, it made no sense. It, there was no kick out. He, he ran straight into his body. Like, uh, great job, Nick Nurse.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a weird challenge there, certainly. But then it was kind of a little bit of the trouble for the Hawks. Two threes from Cameron Payne, the, the newest 76er there. And then of all of a sudden, for the first time in this game, it felt like the Hawks were not comfortable. It was 109 to 100. Philly had gone on a 27 to 14 run from the five minute mark of the third quarter to now, and that and that that just cannot that just cannot happen.
0: Yeah, I felt like the Hawks were getting away from, you know, what they were doing, getting to the rim and, and getting kickouts. It felt it felt like they were settling for more contested threes. They were a little bit more sloppier with the ball. Trey had some pretty bad turnovers in in this fourth quarter. Um, You know, it, it's one of those things where I felt like the Hawks might have got too comfortable with the lead going into fourth quarter where, you know, they probably should have stepped on the gas pedal and, and put this one out of sight.
1: Yeah, the 76ers started on a 14-6 to 6 run just in the fourth quarter, and then when Sadiq Bey missed the open three, they capitalized and made the lead go down to only seven with at 102-109. It, it, it was crazy. A Philly, you could tell they completely upped the defensive intensity, and it, it really disrupted the Hawks' spacing, I thought, in the fourth quarter. There was one possession where Bogey and Sadiq Bey were right next to each other in the corner, and they looked confused on where each other should have been, and Bogey just ends up taking a, a pretty contested three there in the corner. I thought Sadiq Bey would have had a, a pretty easy layup or driving lane there if if Bogey didn't kind of bring his man over there, but it, the shot clock – uh, for the hawks was really draining on a lot of these possessions and that's just t- kind of just a sign to me of uh, just poor poorly organized spacing on offense
0: yeah and the Trey goes on a six0 run by himself uh two back- to-back layups a step back midy to make it 115 to 104 um you know for 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 Trey this is when you want Trey Young to step up in a game. And he finished this one off the way that I expect Trey Young to finish off every game.
1: Yeah, this was the time of the game where it looks like the train was about to derail for the Hawks, but Trey comes in, go uh, gets those six straight points, and then he makes it one fifteen to one hundred four after the Sixers cut it to seven. Just a huge, huge from the hawk, uh, from the hawk superstar right there. Uh, after that. There was another 9 3 push from the 76ers uh, before this is once again Jalen Johnson on the roll, pretty much from full court, comes down and and rocks the rim again for um, right right down the middle with really no resistance this time. Uh, This put the Hawks up 120 to 112.
0: Yeah. And something I wanted to bring up about that Jalen Johnson possession is uh, Philly decided they were going to trap Trey past half court. So they commit two guys to Trey, Jalen's at midcourt, Trey, Trey dishes out before the double gets to him, Jalen attacks immediately, and that's something we haven't seen very often with the Hawks when they're trapping Trey, is that middle guy be vertical and get straight to the rim. Um, that That's something that I would love to see Jalen Johnson, Quinn Snyder, and the Hawks really do is when they commit that double in the middle if Jalen's there drive center and get to the rim.
1: Yeah and it, it looked a little dicey for the hawks it was 120 to 114 but the uh the, the 76ers it looked like they had Trey trapped uh almost forcing him into a backcourt violation and then buddy healed commits a, a silly foul honestly kind of pushing Trey a little bit trying to force the backcourt violation and I felt like that was a huge play in this game because if they just stay put, the 76ers who were doubling Trey, he was in trouble. I mean, they, they could have had a waste of time out there, uh, but he fouled him. Uh, Trey ends up putting, putting the lead to 122-114, and pretty much this was how, how the Hawks ended. They they did miss a couple of free throws after that to kind of make things interesting, but it really never got past seven, uh, and they come away with the win.
0: Yeah, and there was one key possession that I felt like kind of ended this game was Jalen Johnson locking up Buddy Heald for the entire – well, he locked up the whole 76ers for that whole shot clock because Tobias Harris had the ball. He was on him. Buddy comes around the screen. Jalen picks him up. Then he kicks it back out, goes around another screen. Jalen picks him up again. And he couldn't get baseline. He couldn't get open at the three point line. And it was complete shutdown mode for Jalen Johnson. But he ends up missing the shot. And Jalen finishes the defensive possession by getting the rebound.
1: Yeah, he pulled out all, put up all the bag of his tricks on that one, Jalen. And that was awesome to see if you're a Hawks fan, Re- really a, a forward there who switched onto a guard and a forward in the same possession and completely locked them up. Uh, as we move on. To the box score here for the Hawks, uh, we'll start off with Trent Forrest, who played eight minutes in this one. Uh, he had four assists and he didn't score. But this was significant this game for Trent because it was his fiftieth game being played. Now he was on a two-way, and this was his last game. So the Hawks have to make a decision here. Three choices: they either just don't re-sign him, uh, they sign him to another two-way, or they sign it. They can sign him to a regular contract. So we'll see here what. Uh, the Hawks do with Trent Forrest, but I thought in this game, uh, the four are really nice in the eight minutes. Uh, but I thought his impact was not really that felt uh, overall.
0: Yeah, um, I felt like Trent definitely struggled. Um, he did take a um, elbow to the face and had to go back to the locker room with a bloody nose. Um, I, but I think he would have had more than eight minutes, but uh, unfortunately, he uh, had to miss some time. Um, Moving to Garrison Matthews, 13 minutes, two or three from the field, one of two from deep, three of three from the free throw line, one rebound, one assist, eight points. Man, I thought Garrison Matthews in this game was solid. Uh, I thought that, you know, he played really good defense. Um, and, you know, when he got his number called to, to shoot shots, I, I felt like he did a pretty good job.
1: As, as we move on here to Bruno Fernando, he also played 14 minutes, 4-4 four, four from the field, three rebounds, two blocks, eight points. I thought the two blocks he had were really nice. One on Oubre, uh, that was especially impressive. Uh, but I thought Bruno, rebounding-wise, definitely struggled to box out Paul Reed. But offensively, uh, I thought he was pretty good. And then he, he had his momentum-shifting kind of energy-playing moments uh, that Bruno seems to always give the Hawks when his number is called. So that, that's still significant for him, and you and like to see that if you're a Hawks fan.
0: Yeah, and and moving to DeAndre Hunter, um, 23 minutes, 3 of 6 from the field, 3 of 4 from deep, 2 for 2 from the free throw line, 2 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 11 points. Man, I, I thought DeAndre had another really good game off the bench, and You know, he's really thriving in this role as right now. And if I'm the Hawks, man, I'm really thinking about maybe making him, you know, a a, a piece off the bench. I don't want to call him a bench player because he has starter skills. And, you know, he's been a starter for the Hawks, but he has been a real good boost for the Hawks off the bench.
1: Yeah, I agree. And he just looks more comfortable game by game on the offensive end for sure. Moving to the starters now. We'll start off with Bogdan Bogdanovich. Five of twelve from the field, three of seven from deep, three rebounds, three assists, three blocks for Bogey, and 13 points. It's not the greatest time for Bogey to kind of get back into a shooting slump here, uh, especially with Dejounte Murray missing two consecutive games uh, with that back issue. But uh, I thought Bogey really struggled in this one. The the deep, the defensive end especially. But it is nice to see. Uh, those those three assists and three blocks, two turnovers uh, for the peripherals
0: there. Yeah, um, moving to Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay had thirty-four minutes, four eleven from the field, two of five from deep, eight of eight from the free throw line, eleven rebounds, one assist, one steal, eighteen points. Man, I thought Sadiq Bey had a really solid game for the Hawks. Um, he struggled a little bit defensively. Um, but you know, he was hitting the shots and he was getting to the free throw line. So, you know, that that's that's a positive sign. And he was really big on the boards in this game, too, as well.
1: Yeah, there, I mean, that was one well possession. He he got the, those rebounds over three 76ers. That was great to see. As we move on to Onyeka Akangu, 34 minutes, nine of twelve shooting, one of two from deep two of two from the line, eight rebounds, two assists, one steal, two blocks, 21 points. Onyeka stuffed the stat sheet tonight, and I thought again, man, I, we said at the top of the show, but he has been really good in this starting role ever since Capella went down with that adductor injury, and he continues to impress.
0: Yeah, um, hands down a phenomenal game from Onyeka. Um, moving to Jalen Johnson. Uh, 38 minutes, five of 12 from the field, one of four from deep, oh of two from the free throw line, 11 rebounds, six assist, two blocks, 11 points. I felt like Jalen started out this game super strong, and as the game went along, he kind of started to struggle more and more. Um, for for me, it was an okay game from Jalen. Uh, I wish that he he would have shot the ball a little bit better in this one. But, you know, he's still young. Uh, and I know I don't want to say that on every podcast, but he's still young. He's still learning. Um, but I thought he was he was okay in this game.
1: Yeah, and then the player of the game for the Hawks, Trey Young. He played 40 minutes tonight, shot 10 of 21 from the field, 5 of 12 from downtown, 12 of 16 from the free throw line, one rebound, 12 assists, one steal, and 37 points. He did have seven turnovers, so a little bit, little bit careless uh, with the ball, especially after that first quarter. But man, the, the thirty-seven points tonight on efficient shooting with the twelve assists—you love to see those counting stats for Trey. And this game makes him eligible for the all-time leaders in assists and points per game. He also is now fifth for the most thirty and ten games in NBA history. I think behind James Harden now. Uh, so that Trey. Trey just great, great tonight as far as the scoring and passing goes. The turnover, the turnovers, um they, they are an issue, but I, I think when especially when DeJounte Murray's out, Trey is gonna have the ball in his hands so much that he will get more turnovers, but I'm sure he's gonna tell you. And 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 I agree, seven, seven turnovers, that's probably a bit too many there for Trey.
0: All right. So moving on to the Houston Rockets. The Hawks are, of course, on the first game of the back-to-back. Uh, tomorrow night will be the second game against the Houston Rockets at State Farm Arena at 7.30. The first key to this game is Houston's also on a back-to-back as well, but they are in Toronto, and they have to go through customs, come to Atlanta. The Hawks get to sleep in their bed tonight. So my first key is make them get out and run uh and uh try to tire him out
1: yeah I, I agree with that one for sure and the hawks are best especially missing a key piece in dejounte murray when they're getting out and run as well the second key the the rockets are top five in rebounds and with capella missing this game the hawks are going to need to make sure they box out uh would think has done a great job on the boards uh, but sadiq and jalen really those two guys i'm looking to go help and crash the boards because Amen Thompson has started a lot of games for vet Fred Van Fleet, who will most likely miss this game as well. And he's a guard that loves to get in there and and mess around and get a lot of rebounds, especially with his uh, elite jumping ability. So uh, I, I hope that the Hawks, the Hawks guards and, and forwards, are they're, they'll they'll all be ready. To box, need to box out.
0: Yeah, and the third key of this game is. To make them shoot threes, they They're twenty-six and three-point percentages, load the paint and make them shoot threes in this game, and I think the Hawks probably end up victorious.
1: Yeah, Jalen Green does shoot a high volume of threes uh, for them, and you know Jabari Smith will also take take some threes. But Shingun Thompson, Cam Whitmore doesn't take that many threes. Uh, Dylan Brooks as well. So yeah, let's see. Let's see if the Hawks can really take them out of their game and even force the, you know force them to shoot threes, uh, and they'll have a chance to get back and start a win streak. So let's see if they can get it done tomorrow night. And that'll do it for this episode of the Sports Ethos and Lena Hawks podcast. Make sure to follow this podcast wherever you get your podcast content, like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can follow me on X at TinWizard300 and follow Tim at TimHawks23. Be on the lookout to receive the latest Hawks coverage Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Peace.